Hello, everyone. I wanted to share with you today one of my favorite little books. It's really a little pamphlet, The Seven Steps to the Temple of Light. I'm just going to read this and you can listen to it on the podcast or you can actually watch me reading it. I'm sure isn't that interesting, but I, I really hope that you can hear the beauty within these words, the resonance uh, within these words, because I keep this in my handbag all the time, which is why it's so old and tattered now, because anytime I'm just sitting, maybe waiting for someone in a restaurant or something, I can take it out and read a little bit. And it always, always inspires me. I never get tired of it. So there are seven very short little chapters, and I'm just going to read them one by one. And then I'll timeline it below so that you can go to find the one you want as you want it. So here we go. And this is also written by the Emissaries of the Light. And the first chapter is called Patience. Patience relates to the physical nature of the outer man. In it is a resignation to the will of the wonderful one within. In it is a perfect unconcern in regard to that which may take place in the outer world. In true patience is the steadfast attitude toward the unreal, it matters not to me. Thus, it is that the outer man is free from all attachments of the outer world and being free, perfect patience is maintained in tranquility. Let love radiate without concern for results. The physical nature of man and of all other material things is the result of absolute reality. And it is only through the inherent reality that is in them that they exist. To deny the physical and the material is to deny the reality also. All material things are in themselves perfect. The physical body is real and beautiful beyond words to describe. It is wonderful beyond all the imaginings of mankind. In it are revealed the secret things of God. Through it work the cosmic forces of the universe. Evil results from material things, including the physical body of man, only when the cosmic laws of being are ignored. He who can rejoice in the physical and behold beauty in all material things, remaining unconcerned about the apparent misapplications in the world around him, having released all in perfect selflessness, desiring nothing, but enjoying all things, so that he lives in the source of all that is, even the positive center of God being within himself, is he who knows true patience. For him, there can be no cause of irritation, for he dwells in the eternity of this present instant. For him there can be no suffering, 
for he counts all things joy in the privilege of service. He can make no sacrifice, for he holds to nothing, is attached to nothing, but dwells constantly in all things. This is he who has entered into the patience of the Lord, for this is the one who has become a doorkeeper in the temple of his Lord. In this is the privilege of abiding always in the constant service of the Father within, being ever ready to open the door that the master within may serve mankind in every thought that vibrates through the physical body, in every word that flows from the lips, and in every act that comes into manifestation through the body. This is the Lord's service, which he will render through each one who will become a doorkeeper in his temple. His temple is the temple of light, even the body of light which surrounds the Lord at all times. He who despises the body of himself or of another despises the temple of the Lord. For know ye not that your body is the temple of God? In patience there is no condemnation. In patience is radiant love. Chapter 2, Tranquility. Tranquility relates to the mental nature of the outer man. In it is the perfect peace of the wonderful one within. In tranquility is the everlasting attitude toward external events, wherein one can truly say, none of these things move me. Tranquility is the supreme virtue of the outer man, for therein is perfect freedom from all external turbulence, perfect freedom in the limitless eternal. In tranquility, all unwanted characteristics are dissolved, for nothing of a destructive nature can abide therein. Tranquility springs forth from the foundation, excuse me, the fountain of realization. Let love radiate without thought of results. The outer mind of man is necessary to man's salvation, yet is it the snare that prevents men from entering in? The function of the outer mind is not to attempt to direct the affairs of men, for it is rightly ordained as a channel through which the wonderful one, even the Lord within, may direct all things on the material planes. As an open window for the inner being, the outer mind is perfect. That outer mind which is tranquil and one-pointedly centered in the one within is an open window through which the glories and powers of the wonderful one may shine forth into the world in perfect service to mankind. Such a mind is an open window through the veil 
through which man may see and know the wonders of heaven, even the realms of light. The way of tranquility is the way of the wonderful one. For he who puts his full and complete trust in his father within, remaining centered in him, knowing him as the one source, is he who is tranquil. To such a one, the tempests and stormy waves of world uncertainty are nothing. For I am that I am, speaks the blessed word. Peace, be still. And for him, there is a great calm. A tranquil mind lets the sun's light in and all clouds of darkness are dispelled. He who is patient can be drawn up into tranquility and therein he finds realization. Tranquility flows forth from the one within, calming the waves that distort the vision, removing the mountains that prevent release, pouring the soothing oil of love upon the feverish brow of the weary one who turns whole heartedly to the Lord. This is the way. No matter how hard anyone may strive, struggle, fight, or attempt to use the outer mind willpower, tranquility is no more than a dream until the weary one turns to the Lord and puts his trust in the wonderful one within. Then it is that he finds peace then it is that tranquility enfolds him. Then it is that his outer mind lets go and becomes an open window for the service of the Lord within. In tranquility is the supreme virtue and through it shines radiant love. Three. Realization. Realization relates to the spiritual expression nature of the outer man. In realization is recognition of that which is. In realization, there is a perfect letting go. For in this state, the blessed one ceases to want anything whatsoever, and of desire there is none. Herein, there is no effort to strive or struggle or climb, for the blessed one does nothing for a reward. When nothing is done to attain a so-called good reward or to avoid a so-called evil result, the blessed one does all things for the pure love of responding to the inner urge, considering not that which shall be, but abiding always in a realization of that which is. In realization, the blessed one is fully aware that all things necessary to the outworking of the perfect plan are already provided in every detail. All the wisdom required by the blessed one now is and is instantly available from within. 
So also all power now is, all knowledge now is, all substance now is, all required things now are. For all things are provided already from the foundation of the world and there never was a time since the world began when they were not. In realization is the absolute awareness of the presence of the wonderful one within. Realization reveals the truth that in the presence, all things are. Realization of the presence proves the truth that sets men free. Realization is the way of perfect freedom in the presence, wherein there is no lack nor limitation. Realization knows and knows that it knows, and thereby does it allow the blessed one to be uplifted into absolute assurance. He who lets go to the spirit of the words, be still and know that I am God, is he who finds realization expanding through himself from the wonderful one within. He who looks within himself without wavering in one pointed letting go, depending on no source but the one within, free of all external attachments, enjoying and giving thanks for all things, letting love radiate in every thought, word, and deed, directed by the one in true service, is he who experiences realization. For this is illumination, and the fruition thereof is, I am that I am. He who is one with the wonderful one within, who is the one in whom the responding one becomes I am, thereby experiences the realization of his rightful place and function in the cosmic plan under I am that I am who has sent him. Chapter four. Assurance. Assurance relates to the outer man's first direct cognition of the presence of inner being. And this is that which is born of realization and is fathered by radiance. When separateness ceases and oneness is realized, assurance is certain. For the Blessed One knows that all things are, and in full response to the Wonderful One within, the outer man acts with the consciousness of divine being. Here is that which allows perfect expression according to the perfect plan, for in it is that which is called faith. Absolute assurance is ever known by the Blessed One who abides in the presence of the Wonderful One, but it cannot be known by such as have not realized the presence. 
in such assurance, every act is in accordance with the perfect law which cannot fail. And every word expressed in such assurance will surely accomplish that whereunto it is sent. He who has entered into assurance knows what faith is. But he who has not entered in knows not the spirit of faith, but the letter only, and this is of no effect. Inner assurance is absolute, unwavering, centered in the eternal law of being, without doubt in action, without fear in thought, and without uncertainty about that which is. In assurance, there is no lack nor limitation, for the vision is not limited to that which is seen by mortal eye or known by mortal mind. Inner assurance comes not from outer mind attempts to use so-called willpower, nor is it to be found in endless repetitions of so-called affirmations. For the only source of such assurance is the wonderful one within. When the outer mind has let go of all its desires and wants, it is absorbed by tranquility. And out of tranquility comes the realization of the presence of the wonderful one. When the presence is known, the fullness of all things is found to be in that presence. And from this conviction in the wonderful one comes assurance. Blessed is the one who thus lets go and abides in the presence, for he has learned to let love radiate. Chapter five, Radiance. Radiance is the wellspring of life, and it relates to the temple of light. Radiance is the shining of the wonderful one, and radiance always is. Yet no man can know that radiance until he has let the wonderful one have his way. Radiance is the ever-expanding essence of the wonderful one made manifest in the body of man. Radiance is the presence made visible in the world of physical things that I am that I am may be known of men. Radiance is the essence and spirit of selfless service. Such service serves not for a reward, nor does it seek results, for it knows that fruition comes as a natural result of radiation. The law is and cannot be otherwise. That which is, is without seeking, trying, or striving, for it is. That which abides in that which is, is that in which it abides so long as it abides therein. To abide in constant realization of the presence, fully assured that the presence of the wonderful one 
is that which is, is to be the radiance of the presence. As the one is ever serving through the radiance, giving the life that brings full fruition, the blessed one who has realized the presence of the wonderful one is fused into the radiance and thereby becomes a servant of the Lord, even a channel for the radiance of the wonderful one within. Radiance comes not with the use of the outer mind willpower. Neither does it come from the trying of the outer self. That which is done through willpower is but an empty shell and contains not the essence and spirit that makes the act productive of perfect manifestation. Behold, the outer self reacts to the radiance of the presence and thereby becomes aware of a state of perfection which was before unknown to it. It is therefore fully evident that this first awareness came not by efforts of the outer will, for it knew not of that which is the reality until it had unconsciously responded to the inner radiance. With perception comes the outer mind idea that it must do something to obtain that of which it has become aware, and it immediately begins to try in various ways to get that which it thinks it does not have. And the instant that such outer mind self-activity begins, progress toward the goal ceases. For self-activity of the outer mind is that which prevents mankind from being absorbed into the radiance. When the outer mind sees that awareness came not through any effort of its own, and that in fact, it can do nothing, it is ready to remain centered unwaveringly in the one within so that unhindered response may continue through the realm of outer mind consciousness as easily and as effectively as the response took place in the unconscious realms of physical being. Thus, the outer mind ceases to be self-active and becomes vibrantly active under the master self-direction and impulse fully responding to the inner self-will, for in this is the secret of, Father, thy will, not mine, be done. He who ceases to act under the outer mind will, remaining centered in the one within, at once begins to act under the Father's will, which is revealed as the radiance of selfless service. The blessed one at once views all necessities, limitations, lacks and disturbances of the outer as avenues or channels of radiant service. Being thus harmonized with the one within, the blessed one becomes vibrantly active in effective expression in every thought, word, and deed, for the directing impulse and power in his every act is the radiance of the wonderful one, 
even the Father within. Radiance shines forth from the Blessed One who lets the Wonderful One act through him in all that is done. For then it is that the outer self acts not of itself, but is an extension of the perfect and eternal activity of the Wonderful One. Responding thus to the Radiance, the Blessed One is blended into the Radiance and is thereby uplifted into the final union with the Wonderful One. And this is life eternal. Let love radiate. Chapter six, wisdom. Wisdom is the active knowing of the one who knows. Wisdom is the active essence of the divine mind of the wonderful one. In wisdom, there is no doubt or shadow of turning, for in wisdom is the conscious knowledge of eternal realities, coupled with the constant radiance of eternal being. The outer intellect knows not wisdom of itself. Yet wisdom flows freely through the outer mind when the Blessed One abides in radiant union with the Wonderful One. He who is constantly active in wisdom is he who has ceased self-activity to dwell eternally in the radiant presence of his Father. He who acts under the direction of the intellect, no matter how much external knowledge it may pride itself with, is he who comes to naught, finding his acts empty of the real and lasting. He who acts under the direction of I am that I am, abiding in the outer quietness which allows inner activity is he who knows that knowledge is and needs no getting, that wisdom is and needs no outer mind deciding. The Blessed One, who has become a doorkeeper in the house of his Lord, is he who knows that the outer mind is but a servant to the Master. Therefore, the outer mind decides nothing, chooses nothing, but finds its function in obeying every inner direction. The master within decides all questions and the outer self acts accordingly. The master within solves all problems and the outer self allows the manifest expression of the solution. Wisdom is of the master within. And he who has not learned to let go to his Lord is he who has no part in wisdom. Wisdom gives perfect direction in all matters, no matter what they are. But that wisdom is released into activity through the outer self 
at the instant that it is needed and not before. He who would allow wisdom to manifest through him must first recognize that the servant is not informed of all the future plans and activities of the master. Realizing this, the blessed one obeys the wisdom which directs him in this present instant, remaining unconcerned about that which shall be. The blessed one knows that perfect wisdom in action and speech is granted at the instant when the action and speech are required in manifestation. Knowing this, the blessed one knows the essence of perfect trust and trusting thus, he has nothing to fear and nothing to worry about. Being one pointedly centered in the master within, the blessed one finds eternity in this present instant and acts in the now in accordance with the master's wisdom, which is released through him as may be required in each instant. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father, which speaketh in you. It says Matt 10, 20, Matthew. This is the way of wisdom. He who would walk therein must abide in the realization of the presence, responding in every instant to the radiance of the wonderful one. Let love radiate. Chapter seven, love. Love is the power of the Wonderful One, and in it is the creative essence. Love is the fire of fusion whereby the outer self is uplifted into oneness with the master within. Love cannot be engendered by the outer intellect, and he who seeks the realms of light through the self-activity of the intellect is bound to fail. The great commandment is, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. The word soul in the Bible means the outer mortal man, which is subject to death. And with all thy mind and with all thy strength, this is the first commandment, Mark 12.30. The Lord thy God is the wonderful one within you. And when your love for him is complete, so that you love him with all of your whole outer being, you will instantly find yourself dwelling in his presence. He who is like unto the people of the world spends the greater portion of his strength in loving material things. All day long he works and strives for that which he loves, for his first love is for his body, that it may have food to eat and clothing to put on. And his second love is for his family, 
that through them, his love for things physical may be more fully satisfied. And his third love is for various kinds of display and fame as they may be made manifest in material things. And after all this, he has an intellectual idea that he loves God. Such a one spends his whole time trying to satisfy the desires of the body, which he loves so much. And in the end, he finds that his reward is death. As long as a man continues to give first attention to his love for himself, he cannot know the love of the Lord within himself, and he shall find that the buffetings of life shall continue to torment him day and night, as long as he follows after the dictates of the devil of his own outer mind. Until a man knows and lives this first commandment, he knows not the second, which relates to loving others. Until a man abides in the spirit of this first commandment, he dwells in hatreds, envyings, strife, lack, and limitation, and the end thereof is death. He who says, I have to make a living, and I have no time to waste in trying to let God do anything, is thereby saying, I love myself and material things so much that I have no room left in which to love God. In his ignorance, such a one imagines that to love God, it is necessary to forget all material things and to withdraw into the life of a worthless recluse. The blessed one who has entered in knows and knows that he knows that he who loves the Lord his God with all of his whole being, first, last, and always, is he who is more active than ever before. For every instant is filled with glorious adventures in radiating love. He knows that he has wisdom and strength for every occasion and that he can experience no lack or limitation. He it is who knows how to truly enjoy all the material things that come into his life and his whole being is filled with rejoicing and gladness. Such a one knows that love is as firm and undeviating as it is gentle. He knows that love is as bold and courageous as it is ready to serve in true service. He knows that love is an absolute law which always works under all conditions and that it has nothing to do with the fickleness and ridiculousness of the so-called love and charity which is vaunted by the people of the world. He knows that service in love never requires anyone to become a doormat for others. And he knows that most of the so-called service in the world has its foundation in selfishness and ulterior motives. Such a one stoops not to give his arms before men to be seen of them. Love is that which fills a man when he is born again. For the outer man of himself knows not what love is. 
the outer man imagines his passions and selfish possessiveness to be love. Not until the outer man finds that of himself he can do nothing and that nothingness comes from all that he tries to do, no matter how good he may think his motives to be, is he ready to truly let go, that his Lord may have his way. The way of the Lord is perfect freedom in all things eternal, perfect joy in radiation, and perfect love at all times. He who is ready to let go and cease all strife and struggle is he who is ready to respond to love. Love is the law of expression in every human being. And he who harmonizes with this great law is he who begins to live a glorious and happy life here and now. There is only one way whereby anyone may harmonize with this law. And in this one way is certain and absolute success. No matter who the person is, no matter what he has or has not done, and no matter where he is or is not, this way works for the bond and the free, for the poor and for the rich, for it is no respecter of persons, it cannot be purchased with money, nor can worldly position or fame secure it. A college education is no help in finding it, and lack of so-called education is no hindrance. It cannot be secured through the power of intellect, and it is available to all of simple ways and thoughts. He who tries to gain it in order to achieve some end or reward will surely fail, even though the reward that is sought be the kingdom of heaven. So-called good deeds will not make it sure to any. And he who seeks to enter in that he may control another will find himself in the pit of darkness, even though the control is exerted for the person's own good. The parent may and should control the child until the child reaches the age of decision at about 12 years. But beyond this, no one should seek to control another, for no one possesses another. A possessive attitude toward any person, be it husband, wife, or child, will prevent the entering in. The one way is the way of the Christ. And the Christ way is the way of letting go to the master within. He who lets go is he who gives thanks to the father for all things, no matter what they are. For he sees them as wonderful opportunities for radiating love. He who lets go is he who is ready and willing to do perfectly that which is at hand to do in this instant no matter how small or insignificant it may be. He who lets go is he who loves to do all that he does. And the love with which he does all things is the power that makes his expression sure and effective.
The one way of love is love. In doing all that is done in the radiance of love, the fullness of love is experienced and the union of love known. Through harmonizing with love, the blessed one is drawn into love and in love, all is perfection. He who does anything whatsoever because he feels that he ought to, finds that his doing is in vain. He who does anything whatsoever because in selfless love he loves to do it, finds that his doing is a joy eternal. The secret of the all is the secret of love. And only he who loves is able to understand love. To the one who loves not, these words will be empty. To the blessed one who loves in selfless love, these words will reveal the all. The way of love is love. To know love, the blessed one begins to practice love. The way of the Christ is love. The way of joy is love. The way of peace is love. The way of perfect health is in love. The way of release from fear and worry is love. The way of freedom is love. The way of eternal life is love. I am is love. I am that I am is love. Love is all. Without love, there is nothing. In love is all that is eternal. Love includes all and is all. He who lets love radiate in every instant of his life without concern for results is he who knows love. To know love, the blessed one must begin to love. He who loves not is not loved and he cannot know love until he begins to love. Remember, Love is firm, courageous, and sure. Love is no respecter of persons. Love stands serene and tranquil at all times, under all conditions, for love is selfless. Love seeks for nothing because love is all things. Love bargains not because love has need of nothing. Love is never lonely because love is oneness with the all that is. Let love radiate and thou shalt surely know love. The way of love is love. Seven steps to the temple of light. Thank you so much for listening. Many blessings on your journey.